Hey folks, this is Justin with Feel Strong. I wanted to jump in real fast. Uh, we want to talk about wearables, tech wearables, wearables associated with uh, fitness and wellness and lifestyle briefly. Uh, we are, uh, I've had a few emails, questions, DMs about uh, some tech people got for Christmas and around the holidays about what they should do with it. Uh, whether it's the right thing, should they return it for something else, should they upgrade, etc., etc., etc. So we're going to rock through my thoughts on wearables presently for now a little bit. Uh, I have a plan to do a longer video podcast on this coming up, but I didn't want to hold off while I was thinking about it. Uh, it's not fair to you, so let's chat. Wearables. Okay, first thing. You have, uh, you, you have or you want some tech wearable. First big question is what problem are you solving? Why do you want it? What is the thing you're trying to fix? It, for example, you, you aren't active enough. You want to move more. You feel like you should move more. You've been told you need to exercise more. Uh, that gamification of movement can be useful for starting moving. That is your wearable pedometers, uh, whether it is a Fitbit. Uh, most of the wearable watches do it now. Uh, most of your phones, if you track through it, uh, actually have a pedometer built in. Uh, uh, all of that is there. You can track your steps. Uh, the 10,000 steps often gets raised as sort of a decent minimal goal. And I agree, that's a decent sort of minimum goal for a day. Um, if you're reliably under 10,000 steps, you are very close to approaching sedentary. Um, uh, a, a relatively you know, active person who is on their feet, maybe walks places, uh, is definitely going to fly past 10,000 steps on a normal day. So uh, not moving enough. Pedometer, sure, that is a problem you're solving. That's a good wearable for that. Uh, you are trying to adjust your performance. Uh, perhaps you're trying to adjust the how you perform or the pace at which you perform. This comes up a lot with uh, runners, cyclists, swimmers, uh, those monostructural activities. Sometimes um, uh, multimodal fitness people, CrossFit types, things like that. Uh, and this tends to uh, center around heart rate monitoring. Uh, we'll talk into rely about reliability in a little bit, but a heart rate monitor is a perfectly useful tool, uh, has been shown over and over again to be certainly of use, especially with monostructural stuff, uh, things where your heart rate gets up and stays up. Uh, it does seem to be useful in the multimodal fitness CrossFit community also, knowing how hard you're going, sort of this, a number you can help uh, base your intensity off of. Uh, it's not everything, but uh, you know, if your heart, uh, you know, 120 beats a minute versus 170 beats a minute is a very different feeling. Uh, you're doing a lot more work. Uh, your body is under significantly more strain. So good use for a heart rate monitor. Uh, another possible problem is you want to judge your performance readiness. Uh, and this is uh, across a wide spectrum. Uh, heart rate variability, also known as HRV, gets used a lot for this. Uh, uh, which has been sort of the hot new thing in the past four to five years, at least under my radar, on my radar rather. Um, HRV has been really touted as a good signifier of how ready someone is to perform or how ready they are to take on a significant strain. Uh, another way of judging performance readiness is sort of judging recovery overall. Typically, sleep gets factored into this. So perhaps how long you slept for, 
Uh, there's a bunch of different ways that, that different tech wearables measure sleep. Um, some of them incredibly creepy, like uh, keeping a microphone on in your bedroom, and that's how they record when you move and what you do and things like that. Um, security concerns aside, I find that strange. Uh, if you factor security concerns in, that's tremendously worrisome. But uh, generally, uh, there's lots of different ways that devices measure how you sleep, how well you slept. Uh, some of them claim to be able to measure when you entered REM sleep, that, that deep REM sleep. Uh, so factoring in a combination of usually resting heart rate, sleep, and uh, heart rate variability, sort of determining your performance readiness, uh, potentially useful for uh, anyone uh, trying to perform, especially if you have options as to what you do that day. Uh, and we're going to talk about that uh, coming up. The next sort of uh, bunch of things I want to talk about about your tech wearables is questions you should ask yourself. So we have potentially determined what problem you're solving. And if you can't answer that, maybe you don't need a thing. Uh, remember, th there are no magic pills, there's no magic bullet. None of these things are going to be the thing that fixes you, uh, but they can potentially be of use. Uh, I, I would also, uh, we're not going to go long about this. We might do a section on the video podcast about it, but the the sort of assisted technology workout factor, um, your guided workouts on treadmills, your uh, your iPads on the bikes that change the bike resistance for you, your there's a bunch of versions, the Peloton and Nordic Track and iFit, and there, there's lots and lots of versions of this out there, but potentially also like a fitness, fitness tech thing, not really a wearable, but potentially something that solves the problem. I'm not active enough. Here's the thing that will tell me what to do and make me active, maybe. Next good question. Does your tech wearable, does it tell you things you don't know? And this is something where you may have to experiment. I've experimented with several different wearables, and uh, I think it's a, a good indication, especially if you're doing this sort of um, uh, uh, the recovery HRV performance sleep piece, but really for all of them. Does do you the feedback you get from it, is it different than what you already think is going on. In the pedometer, it may well, may well be. People are regularly surprised how little they move. If that is a thing that gives them feedback, tells them, hey, actually, you're less active than you thought you were, and then they become more active, terrifically useful. Totally on board with it. Uh, if you wake up and you feel pretty good and you feel recovered and you're ready to go, and your uh, techie thing tells you that you're uh, pretty recovered and you're feeling pretty good and you're ready to go, does that change things? Maybe it's reinforcing. Uh, a little bit of reinforcement, I, I guess, can be useful. But it's not necessarily providing input that you uh, didn't already have. Uh, possibly also with heart rate monitors. Certainly people, uh, reasonably well-trained athletes uh, and, and people who've been working out for years and years often are pretty good at monitoring how they are if they've been doing that activity for a long time. You know, uh, uh, runners, it's pretty normal for us to assign someone to do, you know, this distance at your 5K pace. And typically, uh, a lot of them can just kind of do that. Uh, they'll often wear a watch or something to double check themselves. But within, often, truthfully, within seconds, 
they can just nail that pace because they know what it feels like. They know what it's like to run their 5K pace versus their 10K pace versus their half marathon pace versus a one-mile time trial pace. That feeling is very familiar to them. They know what it's like. Now, it's possible they used some heart rate feedback to get there originally, but now they know what it is. So a question, a little bit open-ended, but does your device tell you things you don't already know? Next part, do you change your behavior based on the information provided to you by the device? And this is a big one. If you have a pedometer and your device says, uh, you took 2,500 steps today, and you're like, yeah, well, I'm busy, you stupid device, and you don't change anything, then what's, what's the point? If the next day you don't make an effort to walk 2,600 steps, then what is the, what is the point other than possibly feeling bad about yourself? If you're, if you wake up and your device tells you that you are incredibly recovered, you're in a perfect position to go really hard or go really heavy or set some personal records or uh, run extra far, extra fast, hit a CrossFit workout at a hundred percent, but you had something else planned or it was a 70% deload day and you're not willing or don't feel like you have the flexibility to change, then what's the point of the feedback? Same thing if you wake up and your device tells you that, ooh, you're actually in rough shape. You are under-recovered. You did not sleep very well. Your heart rate's a little all over the place. This is a day where you should probably take it easy, if not off, and you still uh, go to the gym and throw down as hard as you're able or uh, some variation of that. Well, then what's the, what's the point of the feedback? If you have this thing that's giving you information that ostensibly you believe, and, but you're not willing to you know, do anything with that information, then I don't understand the reasoning for this extra device. And I do think there are, are significant reasons to not have extra devices in your life. So uh, are you changing your behavior based on the information you're given? Uh, a second part of that is, does the information you're given affect your life in a positive way? So, uh, and we have had this, uh, I've had this conversation surrounding scales. I've put out uh, content regarding this before. If you wake up and you're like, whew, man, I feel great. I slept like a baby. I hopped out of bed. I am energized. I am already looking forward to hit the gym in the morning. I'm going to have a productive day. It's going to be great. And then you consult your device and it says, oh, actually, you didn't sleep very well. You are under-recovered. This is one of the worst days you've had in a long time. You should go back to bed. How do you reconcile those things? Do you believe the device? Does it it suddenly make you not feel good? Do you double-check all of your emotions? Ooh, actually, maybe I don't feel good. Maybe I just got up really fast. Maybe, oh, Mm, maybe maybe I shouldn't go go really hard. Maybe I'll skip the gym and not be productive. We've seen this a lot. It feels strong with uh, scales with people tracking their own body weight. Depending on who you are, uh, we may track uh, multiple times a week. We may track every day. If people wake up and and we've had this lots, and our our advice usually is the scale is useful until it isn't. For example, if you wake up, you're like, "Whew, I feel good. I look good in the mirror." I feel light. I feel strong. Man, my, my, I'm sticking to my nutrition and it is really coming along. 
and you step on the scale and it's not exactly what you wanted it to be. Maybe you're the same weight you were five days ago. Maybe you're heavier than you were last night. Maybe something, whatever. The number isn't what you thought it was. If that changes the way you feel now, you look at whatever that number is and you're like, ooh, actually, I don't feel good. Oh, I'm not doing very well. I really thought this was better. But that information has now become detrimental. It is not useful. If you are someone with, with the giant dictum, if you're one of the you know uh, 0.05% of people who are in a weight class sport kind of thing where it really, really matters exactly how much you weigh, regardless of performance, uh, aesthetics, body composition, health, longevity, wellness, if the top of the pyramid for you is the number on the scale, I get it. We'll have a conversation. We've taken lots of people through successful weight cuts, uh, and we can have that conversation separately. That's not who this is for. Uh, So if it makes you feel worse, or if that information isn't lining up with your experience, maybe it's not true. Um, A a side tangent of this, just since we're on wellness and health, uh, I think it's useful as someone who surrounds themselves with digital screens, I'm recording this on something with a screen while staring at another screen, uh, and another screen is about six feet in front of me, more screens in your life is not always a good thing. And if your wearable is a thing flashing information at you from your wrist or some other version of that, uh, I would suggest that more blue light and more screens and more distractions and more things vying for your attention is not necessarily a positive in your life. All right, so we've talked about what problems you're solving. Uh, what does it tell you? Does it tell you things you don't know? Do you change your behavior based on the input? Uh, does it make you feel bad? Does it line up with your experience? Now we're on to reliability. How reliable is this info? And this dovetails off of that lived experience part. If you are consistently getting feedback that doesn't line up with how you feel and how you think, I think it's very reasonable to ask if the wearable is just wrong. Uh, And there's, uh, at this point, been lots and lots and lots of work done on especially the heart rate part. But anything you wear on your wrist, the heart rate is pretty unreliable. Numbers seem to be sort of between 8% 8% to, as I've seen as much as 30% with some very well-known, very brand name items, the heart rate being off by that much. And if it's something you're relying on for information, if you are going to make changes in your life, whether you have ooh 120 beats per minute versus 130 beats per minute, and this thing is off by 30%, uh, now, now the information is approaching useless because you don't actually know what it is. Typically, the argument is, uh, well, it's not the right number, but it scales properly. It's it's right relative to itself. There's actually no way of knowing that, uh, other than uh, testing it against something that is really reliable. Um, we know that for heart rates, you know, chest straps uh, tend to be extremely reliable. Um, I know Polar makes a lot of them. Uh, we are not uh, sponsored or endorsed by any particular heart rate company. But uh, the chest strap, Bluetooth chest strap uh, heart rate feedback is much, much better than anything with a green light on your wrist. That green light technology is interesting, but not there yet. Um, 
Uh, same thing with sleep. Sleep measurement. Sleep is really tricky. Sleep is very mysterious. How it measures how you're sleeping tends to be a combination of heart rate, breathing, often listening to you, uh, especially if it's a phone or something that has a microphone in it. Uh, it is typically a part of how it measures is listening to movement, listening to breathing, things like that. Um, it may well be okay on sleep. I haven't seen a ton of work on how reliable that sleep part is, but it's worth questioning for sure. Uh, so just reliability, uh, you know, do your research, do your thinking. Uh, if you want to shoot us a DM or a comment on the podcast, we can have a conversation about things that seem to be reliable versus things that don't seem to be reliable. This is not a place where we're endorsing one product over another. Uh, if you have a product that you think is super reliable, get in touch. Uh, we'll give it a look-see. We'll put our athletes through some of it, uh, and then we can have a conversation. We do not endorse things uh, just based on someone asking us to endorse a thing. So we've gotten through all of this. Uh, what's your problem? Does it tell you stuff you don't know? Are you going to change your behavior? Uh, does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel bad? Does it line up with your experience? Is this even reliable? Okay, what's your plan? What's your plan to change? You've gotten some feedback. You've gotten some information. You have this information. What is your plan going to be to adjust based on that information. If I buy a pedometer and it tells me I walk 3,000 steps a day, how am I going to change that? And it doesn't have to be big, but it has to be something. If I buy a heart rate monitor and it tells me that when I go for a run, I never crack 115 beats per minute, I need a plan for starting to raise that and raise that and raise that and raise that. Uh, assuming that we're going for faster or longer or more intense, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, you, you have to have a plan to adjust this. If I have something that tells me that my performance, uh, my recovery is amazing and I am primed for a high performance day, I need to have the freedom, I need to have the willpower, I need to have the uh, flexibility to say, all right, well, today we're gonna, today's going to be a really hard, really intense day because I'm primed for it. And maybe this three-by-three three workout with a 2,000-meter row just became a max out session with some significant drop sets and then a mean 27-minute lactic acid test uh, uh, or lactate threshold test, pardon me. Uh, if that isn't there, it might be worth questioning why you're tracking the thing at all and what you're going to do. Uh, uh, slight addition, we've been going on for a long time, so we're going to uh, wrap it up soon, but Keep in mind that there are lots of activities, especially for you. This is talking to the performance trackers, uh, the athletes, the sort of high-intensity fitness folks, uh, where a bunch of these devices aren't very useful. If you're a bodybuilder, your heart rate rarely is going to get cranked up enough for long enough to get measured on these devices. Uh, your heart rate will spike absolutely if you're doing a big set of 15 or 20 your heart rate will crank there. It's probably over in a minute or 90 seconds, depending on what you're doing, what kind of tempo you're working with. Usually these devices need sustained efforts, like more than eight to 10 minutes before they start tracking things in activity and get what, what is useful data for their algorithms. Uh, same thing with weightlifters. Uh, typically these devices aren't particularly useful for weightlifters uh, for the same reason. Your 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 heart rate spikes for 10 seconds, and then you rest for three minutes. Uh, it's usually how it works. Maybe for a set of squats, you're squatting for a minute, 
but it's usually for most weightlifters, and I'm I'm open to having the discussion. Their heart rate is not sustained for the entire session, uh, so at, it doesn't get measured, quote unquote, as work with the way these most of these devices are currently uh, designed. Um, that's just how it's built. It's not good, bad, or otherwise. All right, this has been longer than we planned for it to be. But a lot of thoughts on wearables. Hit us up, uh, Feel Strong Fit on Instagram. You can comment. Please subscribe. Please share the podcast if any of this is useful to you. Uh, we like putting them out. We have plans to have some more people on here, so it's not just my sonorous voice speaking to you. If you have uh, things you have questions about, things you'd like us to get into, we love doing research. We love talking to good people, uh, and we love having our mind changed. So get in, comment, talk subscribe, hit us up in the DMs, ask questions on the Instagram. We will see you around. Have a great time. Thank you.